for the most part, it's been a bummer of a season. Marvelous. We've been talking about it all season long from the ownership, trying to buy Chelsea to Wilson Contreras and Ian Happ. Will they, won't they get traded? But when it counted the most in the game that they kind of needed to win the most, the Cubs beat the Cincinnati Reds in the field of dreams game. Whether you were getting a nightmare from the Harry Carey CGI slash hologram or having amazing dreams because you were watching heaven in Iowa. I think it was an awesome experience. And we are breaking it down here on the sports cubicle with the marvelous one, Dan Marver, with Devin Tingle, Paul Schroeder, and myself, Mike Mercado. Marvelous. The Cubs won that game. Fireworks. It was an exciting one. Low scoring compared to what was the first game. But Chicago owning Iowa. We know the Cubs like to play in Iowa. But to see the pro team show up to see a lot of the cool vintage, a lot of the cool videos, great production. I thought it was a great experience in a game that they needed to win. And they won it. That was a good made-for-TV production. Drew Smiley was really dealing. And, I mean, the Harry Carey hologram was something, but the hologram of Jenkins and Bench was something, too. (laughs) (laughs) Billy Williams was there, too. So, you know, I guess they could have had holograms of Ernie Banks. But it was was, a a made-for-TV event, clearly. And they're not going to have it next year, you know, because they're going to, I guess, build a bigger stadium uh, amidst the corn. So, um, you know, a lot of nationally uh, could be argued that the, the attraction wasn't that great. The two teams being among them, half dozen worse than all of baseball uh, record wise. So uh, that that was an issue. But it was cute to have Votto and Hap mic'd during the game. So, you know, it was a little, little bit different that way. And, uh, uh, you know, the world got introduced to the new main man. Uh, and Fox Davis, who's taken over for Buck, who's uh, left the, the network. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it was a, it was a good, good event all the way around. It seemed like they accomplished what they wanted to MLB. And uh, I don't know what the ratings were, but, uh, uh, you know, it was, it was a well-played game by the Cubs for the most part. So that's all we can ask for. And they, you know, they have a chance to, uh, by the time this airs to have swept the Reds. Uh, because they won on Saturday and they're in a tight one on Sunday. Yeah, you know, they're playing a lot better the second half of the season, the second half of what was the all-star break and the trade deadline compared to last season. A lot of Cup fans are wondering what this is going to lead to into next season. We've seen this trend before from this team, a really interesting end to a bad season, then a very surprising season, and then they made a run to the World Series. I don't know if this team is destined for that, but when you're hearing reports from national outlets, saying that Tom Ricketts is putting on record that they will be active in free agency. Does that just mean that they're going to do what the White Sox front office tends to do and be like, yeah, well, we made him an offer $300 million, although he has for $400 million. Like, are they going to make real offers at Carlos Correa, Trey Turner, any of these guys? That's all to be determined. But when it comes to what happened in Iowa first, I think it was awesome. Great made for television. My whole family was watching it from when it the pregame started on Fox at 5 p.m. all the way to the final pitch. It It is a moment where if you're a Cub fan, even if you're a Reds fan, just this idea of winning that game when you're a bad team is pretty cool because it's the most important game of the season because it's the only game at that time. It, everything is spotlighting it. And if you were, let's say, last season when the White Sox had won it, you're hoping it catapults you. It's a moment of momentum. So I think it's cool that they've had these two games. Chicago was there 
and won it twice. I think that's great locally. And I think it's great that there's going to be a little bit of a break. I think it should be maybe every other year, maybe every few years, every five years you do it, make it a rivalry game, making a historic game, try to do something like that. I think it was great. The uniforms they wore. I like the idea that they played with history because the Cubs uniforms were never actually worn in that order, but the, the caps were cool. The jerseys were cool. The color scheme, the logo. I think the reds look kind of good. So it was a great production by the Major League Baseball by Fox. And I think my only criticism is Joe Davis and John Smoltz. Probably it was just so quiet there. There were still 8,000 fans there. So I think the production was a little too quiet. But that, if that's the biggest complaint, I think it was a home run. And moving forward for this team, it's a big win. It's something you can look back in as we are evaluating the next two, three years. And we'll have to see. It's already mid-August. We'll see what the future for this Cubs team is in just a few months. We're going to be getting into what happened at Soldier Field in just a few moments, but when we're talking about things that happened at Soldier Field, that means the clock is starting to tick on owners getting together. And when you're a bad team like the Cubs and Reds, you can't get there soon enough. So marvelous one, before we head into the gridiron, any final thoughts of Field of Dreams in just the, the last few weeks for this uh, Cubs team? I thought it was interesting. The, the Reds were wearing their 1919 World Series uniforms, apparently, where, where they, they actually played the White Sox. and. Uh, it was, it was a best of nine then, you know, mm. and uh, the Reds won uh, uh, five to three in that series. And wasn't that the, uh, the one where Shoeless Joe Jackson apparently threw the series, even though he hit like 400? <laughs> full circle, my friend, a very full yeah, circle. But, but I mean, in terms of the, the game itself, it, they accomplished everything they wanted to, I believe, in terms of the network and MLB. And uh, so from that standpoint, it was, it was neat. And uh, I'm also quite surprised, just as an add-on, uh, yesterday, the bullpen with Newcomb, Hughes, and Ullman, <laughs> we, we had, had zero runs to to finish the game that, that that Samson started, which I didn't expect since they emptied out the whole bullpen. That was the one thing they did at the trade deadline. They, they Everybody was gone except for Wick, who had pitched in any kind of a high-leverage situation. I love the high-leverage that they used. <laughs> I never heard of that before this year. So uh, that was nice to see that they still won't uh, blow games in the late innings. I'll tell you this much. If you're looking for any type of optimistic view, if you're a Cub fan, they are developing pitching. There's a lot of Albert Azula hasn't played this season. And you haven't really even thought of that because they've developed enough young pitching and they're going to be active. And I think that's what's going to be really intriguing. If you're a Cub fan, it's if they can in-house develop a couple of decent positional players, yeah. sign an Ian Happ or Wilson or both to an extension and you're developing pitching, You'll be a lot better quicker than you think you will be. And I think that's what the influence of money will be the difference for this Cubs team is if you've already developed, if you don't have to spend so much money on a pitcher, what is the Joe Madden move? Is it David Ross? What is the John Lester signing? Is that Alex Correa? It's something that the Cubs fans and the Cubs organization and everybody in baseball is going to be waiting because again, this is a team that there is no excuse for it not to be active and good. But when it's not, it's a sleeping giant in popularity and revenue and when it could be good. So I think that should be really a, a fun time for Cub fans. Yeah. The, the network thinks the Cubs are a draw. They're going to be playing St. Louis and London next year. So there mm -hmm. you go. A hundred percent. If you're ever wondering where you think the needle is going, look at where the network is pointing them at. But we want to know your thoughts. What did you think? of feel the dreams what did you think about hologram harry carey what are you are you looking forward to the future of this cubs team do you think there is a light ahead of the tunnel or is it a train 
barreling down on us. We are on Twitter at Sports Cubicle TV. It's the marvelous one, Dan Marvin. It's Devin Tingle. It's Paul Shabari. I'm Mike Mercado. Now, Bears fans, you better get excited. You're not going to get a lot of them, especially against this team. But the Chicago Bears found a way to win a preseason game against the Kansas City Chiefs. More importantly, everybody saw what they wanted to see. If you're a Kansas City fan, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City offense goes right down the field, surgically scores a touchdown, business done, an easy day at work. Bears, there were some interesting moments. You saw Justin Fields get killed, and you saw Justin Fields make a good play and a little bit of everything in between. (laughs) Marvelous. Before we get to Roquan Smith, the preseason game, game one, it's going to be interesting to see how these teams do this three-game schedule, how new coaches with young teams like this use them. So how much is Justin going to play in game two? Is it going to be two quarters? Is it going to be one whole half? Is it going to be three quarters? Something we got to keep an eye on because there's no four games anymore. And just everything you saw, getting football back into our bloodstream, your thoughts on the first preseason game of this NFL season? Well, I, I don't get too uh, excited about preseason games, and apparently the NFL doesn't either since they cut off one. <laughs> and, <in> terms, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and you know, we're going to talk about Roquan, but, I mean, there were a number of uh, players that didn't participate, and the, the first string lost 14 to nothing, and the second, third, and fourth string won 19 to nothing. So that, that means nothing, too. <laughs> and uh, I'm still a little, you know, we, it, it wasn't the starting lineup, but, I was a little concerned about Fields' protection. We did see an incident where uh, he was sacked, on, where there was a complete breakdown on blocking. So, uh, you know, that's that. But it's good to see a local kid like Jack Sanborn uh, from Lake Zurich make a big play and make the team, you know, if he wasn't going to. So that, that those, those things are kind of neat to look at. But uh, in terms of the play itself, I mean, I was glad that, that Coach Eberflus was in evaluating the game, it was low key. and and talked about, uh, you know, that, that, that the, he looked at the positives, but I'm so glad that he didn't say he had to look at the film. <laughs> no, by the I way, mean, we can't do that anymore. Marvelous. We can't, by the way, you, know, you, know, you, you speak of, 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 of Mahomes. you know, who, who had the easiest job in the building yesterday. Hmm. Andy Reid, Chiefs quarterback coach. Yes. Oh, the name of Matt Nagy. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, he found but, another way, huh? He I found mean, another that, way to that, get a nice a, little that's, cushion. That's a terrific out. job. Where we go, <laughs> you know, go, go, like, go, go, you know go what, everything you're doing. Good job. Yeah. Like, yeah, go right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> God bless him, though. Hey, yeah. God bless him. Somebody hired him. Did you, yeah. do you, do you, how much stock do you put into the second back in the day, which was the third, but the second yeah. preseason game this time around? Do you put a lot of stock into, into these moments? You know, I think it's going to be a little different because of the short week. It's a Thursday game, you know. Mm. So, um, you know, I don't know if they're going to have some of the regulars like Montgomery or Smith will be signed. So to me, without the regulars playing and probably they will be, you know, fields will play this much or less, I would think, in this game. And, uh, you know, so it will be hard to really evaluate the preseason. And, you know, because, again, with a short week, I don't know if that's going to affect how they're going to handle it because then they'll have the game with a long week <laughs> to finish in Cleveland. So I think that that game might be more indicative of if, if everybody's back and they decide to play them, what's going to happen in the regular season against San Francisco on 9-11. <laughs> yeah, have, thank you, America. Yeah. You're going to trust me, America. This is going to be uh, – you don't want to watch this one. So yeah. let me ask you, uh, Marvelous, when you're watching this team, let's say Cole Komet is good. I'm, and we're using good just as – average respectable nfl players 
Cole Komet is good. Dardell Mooney's good. Justin Fields is good. You have an okay secondary. Mm -hmm. Where does this Bears team go when it comes to wins? You see a lot of people talking about first, second, third pick in the draft. I think that's Mm -hmm. dreaming. As I look at, I get it. I get being in football hell, right? You're not a playoff team, but you can't get a top three draft pick. You're in football hell. You're a a, a, a 500 team. You're you're the New York Giants. You know, you're you're that team that just can never. And then when you do get the first round pick, you put it on a running back. It's that type of stuff. So, where are the Bears? Do you think they are a three win team? Are they a team that's going to win six, seven games? Where does this team? They do have the 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 exit, the outlet of. Well, if their tight end puts it together, we know it. Tight ends develop yeah. slower in the NFL. Justin Fields makes some throws. Darnell Mooney is a real number one. And if they have a decent secondary, I mean, what, where, where do you think this team, are they going to be a bottom tier team? Are they going to be a middle of the pack? Where do you think, just after one preseason game, but what is your gut telling you uh-huh. as you're watching these injuries, these conversations, whatever the heck is going on with Seven Jenkins, when you're seeing all this come together? Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's hard to say, but we, we were looking at 7-10 optimistically, and that, that's very optimistic, in my opinion, depending how they do against their divisional opponents, Detroit and Minnesota. Those <laughs> those might be critical determining how well they do because uh, those are games that, that, that some years are winnable. But uh, and outside the division, I mean, they do have, uh, you know, uh, some winnable games against, say, the New York teams or, you know, whatever, Miami. I don't know. They're, they have some games that they could win. But it's hard to say if they're going to do any better than seven and ten, in my view. I mean, they have to do better on the line than what Michael Schofield showed yesterday, obviously, yeah. where he was completely beaten that play by Chris Jones. I mean, they were without Montgomery, Komet. They also were without Pringle and Jones, the receivers. Mooney looked sharp, you know, and, and he'll be the the prime target now, it appears, for the team. So he has to have a great year. But uh, um I, you know, I think that, that that hopefully they're going to be a little bit more creative with fields with maybe bootlegs and, and play action, you know, just to give some variety. Cause you look at the other teams. I mean, I don't know if you, you watch the Steelers against the Seahawks. I mean, Trubisky with the first team Pittsburgh offense looks like a completely different team player. You know? So it, 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 it's not always the quarterback alone that determines how successful the offense is. And, and what's I'll wrong? Leave it at, I'll, leave, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, to the imagination of the viewers here of the sports cubicle. Right. Uh, I, I'll say this much. There's there's optimism and there's a lot of things to be you know, to have the 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 critical eye on and to be aware of what's going on. But I'll tell you what I also have my eye on is I like Ryan Poles. Mm-hmm. He seems to be a good dude. He seems mm-hmm. to be a straightforward dude. I think him and Roquan Smith are both wrong right now and i'll tell you why they're both wrong one thing is we've already seen polls mess up with the larry oak and joby stuff and we saw him mess up with two of his own players his own signings getting arrested already roquan smith is under contract roquan smith knows or we know as a as people who watch and talk about this stuff where he slotted when it comes to making nine million over the 90 million over the next five years but roquan smith does have the rights and in his sport to say, I want this amount of money and I want to do this and I'm going to do everything in my rights to get it. And Ryan Poles has every right to take him off the pup list and mm-hmm. to say, okay, ball's on your court now. This is a really good player, but this is a pl- good player that's not going to get you the haul you want. And this is also too good of a player to just let go for nothing. So both sides, in my opinion, need to get this done now. 
both sides need to get this done right now because if you can't get draft picks for him in the first or second round, then you're going to get fleeced in this deal. And if then if you're not getting him on the field, you're only hurting yourself, your team, because the only thing better than protecting your quarterback with a good offensive line is getting a great defense out there to make sure you get the ball back and you can control time of possession. So both sides need to get together and take care of business. And I think this is a moment where we learn sometimes it's great to be your own man and not have to worry about a agent or anything. And then there's times where you're a superstar like this and you're going to make real money. Pay the three percent. Marvelous. I agree. I mean, I don't think that we should be looking at drafting order necessarily. I mean, I'm hoping that they'll be in the middle of the pack. But I mean, I don't know exactly what they're going to look for. They do need some some secondary help i think you know even after this year i don't know exactly how it's going to shake down but uh be good to get some defensive help and uh you know a little bit of everything you can always you can always use a tight end or a fullback you know it depends upon what the best player is available but as far as the season is concerned i mean they start off i mean against the 49ers they're going to be playing they're going to have the uh virtually a work of your second year quarterback playing for San Francisco. So they should be able to take advantage of things. They should, they need to get off to a good start is my point. So I'm hoping that they do that. And if they do, then they may be able to be a 500 team, even though it's impossible to be exactly 500 now with a 17 game season. <laughs> That's going to be a, a, a nightmare for us. Unless you have a tie. Unless you have a tie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, but on the, the, the idea of what polls versus Roquan, they need to get this done, right? He's too good of a player to trade away, and he's also too valuable to not let play. The they they should know where he's right there. He should be getting paid right around where Shaq Leonard gets paid. This isn't too complicated. If you had to guess, should they get a deal done in the next week? I would say maybe by the third game. I'm not so okay. sure about the second second game. Again, it's only three days away. So I think by Cleveland, I, I could see him available for Cleveland in the in the third exhibition game. I think that'd be perfect. Okay. I, I look at, I want the bears organization to not be just pushovers. I want them to be able to be strong and make smart decisions. And mm-hmm. I want these guys to get paid too. And I think this is a situation where you can have your cake and eat it too. You just need to come to the dinner table together and Roquan, please just get an agent. This yeah. would be so much less complicated. If you had somebody in there to, so you don't get the hurt feelings. Things get personal. when We're talking about millions of dollars. And mm-hmm. you can, it's now you have this rumor coming out from Mike Florio of tampering because somebody is going around looking for trades from Roquan to another team. And, and if he doesn't have an agent, that means it's coming from Roquan or yep. somebody who's not certified. So Absolutely. this is going to get very dirty, very messy. Let's get it cleaned up because the season's already dirty enough without the mm-hmm. rosters put together and the talent on it to have this distraction going over. But marvelous. We have football yeah. back. That's great. Isn't nice. it? Just to have yeah. football back. Yeah, I agree. I, again, I, I'm just looking at the preseason. I'm, I'm looking to, uh, towards this 49ers game where we beat up on Trey Lance and take advantage of his, <laughs> of his, of his, of his, uh, you know, lack of experience. And they got to get off to that start in my opinion. And these games, you know, you may not even see the starters at all. So how can you evaluate it? Honestly, I mean, it's it's, it's very difficult to, to make any judgments uh, based upon preseason games. And I used to take some stock in them, but not so much anymore, personally. No, I hear you. And I think a lot of fans are like that. And I think I just will end it with this, that I just want to know what the hell is going on with Tevin Jenkins. <laughs> Let us know your thoughts. We're on Twitter <laughs> at Sports Keep It Go TV. It's the Marvelous One, Dan Marber. It's Devin Tingle. It's Paul Shavari. 
I'm Mike Mercado.